0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart.
1: Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
0: A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more to help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business could be a driving force to create change or build an empire. We know old ideas aren't cutting it anymore so we're calling for a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's up to us to make it happen. Start different at GoDaddy.com.
2: The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. The Black Oak and Oak Lawn, the South Suburbs' finest casual upscale dining in Marishka's and Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Let's drop the puck.
0: Welcome into a special college hockey edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC 5 Chicago. Joining me, as always, is Jay Zawaski at 670 The Score. And most importantly, a guest is appearing out of the mist. <gasps> it, is, it is Sean White, ace hockey scout, hockey expert, hockey guru, whatever you want to call him. This man knows hockey, and this man is going to be our Sherpa up the mountain of college hockey. Sean, how are you doing tonight? I'm, I'm doing great with that intro. I don't know if I can live up to that, but I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. We're really excited for the uh, Frozen Four. It's coming up next weekend at the United Center. Um, I'll be out there covering it for NBC5. not sure if Jay is going to saunter on up from Homewood for that, but definitely uh I've been intrigued so far by what we've seen in the tournament. I've definitely uh, liked what I've seen from some of the teams that are in it. I've really liked what I've seen from Denver. They look really awesome. Obviously, being from Chicago, everyone kind of knows already about Notre Dame. But for those who kind of aren't familiar with the uh, four teams in the tournament, can you kind of give us a little bit of like a snapshot about uh, like certain teams? Like what what does Denver do to you? That's kind of remarkable and what's gotten them to this point?
1: Denver, you know, they got experience. They were in the Final Four last year. They're one of the only, the only four teams that are in it right now that were in it previously last year. Uh, They lost in the semifinals, Um, so they do have some experience. But the biggest thing they've got going for them is they, they've got a lot of offense. Um, They've got four players that have more than thirty-five points. Which, you know, to those out there who don't know, you know, the college game, they don't play as many games. They typically only play about forty to forty-five games. If you're putting up 35, 40 points in the season, you're almost like a point per game player. And the college game is a lot more defensive. It's 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 exciting and it's free flowing, but it's still you got a higher quality of defense, higher quality of goaltenders. You know, offense isn't always by. So if you got four players who put up 35 points or more. It's a pretty impressive, uh, pretty impressive stat. So that's really the biggest thing I could. They got going for them they just they got a they got a lot of offense and they got a lot of guys who are on the on the high end of the points and high end of offensive skill that can really, you know, they can do some things offensively and they can, uh, they can put some goals in the net. So that's really what they got going for them the most.
2: Sean, who, in your opinion, uh, going into the frozen Four uh, first game is April 6th, the championship, April 8th, uh, going into it, who is your favorite team and uh, who's maybe a team that people are overlooking?
0: Um,
1: It might be, well, I, it might be one of the same a little bit. Uh, A lot of people who don't necessarily follow college hockey as much might be surprised to know how good a a school like Harvard is. You know, you follow some of the more main street sports like football or basketball. You don't typically hear a lot of the Ivy leagues really, you know, tearing things up too much, but in hockey, it's a little bit different. Um, Harvard's actually coming into the tournament on an 18 game unbeaten streak. They're 17, 0 and 1 in that run. Um, They've got a, They've got a pretty loaded senior class. that's really, you know, they've been there four years. They've, uh, they're really, really talented. Um, as a matter of fact, they've. Uh, I saw an interesting stat the other day. They've actually put up, they've scored more goals um, as a class than any other class in NCAA has. They put up 191 points as a class. The next closest would be Notre Dame, who's also in the tournament. Their junior class put up 155 points. So they've got a really strong experienced senior class who you know you've been through this for four years they've been through uh you know a lot together and and being a little bit older more physically mature that kind of thing that really can go a long ways in this tournament and i think with them coming in as hot as they are that's kind of who i'm leaning towards to probably come out of this i mean it's it's a tough you know it's a really tough tournament you get down to these four teams they're all really good they're obviously here for a reason Uh, but if i'm forced you know forced to pick a a favorite i would probably lean on that just because of how hot they are coming in and the experience they have
0: um i've been doing a little bit of research obviously into the tournament and one of the names that really stood out to me was sean malone who plays for harvard he was a really good player with the uh, national development team i'm sure you have some familiarity with him in the ushl can you kind of describe for us a little bit what his game is like for those who maybe haven't seen him play uh, just a lot of
1: skill, speed. Um, he's a really exciting player to watch. Um, you know, it's somebody who, even if you're just kind of casually turning on the TV to watch a game, it's somebody who's going to really jump out at you, very electric, um, just always kind of flying around, getting things done, creating a lot of offensive chances, um, just really electric. That's yeah, kind of the best way you could describe it. They're just, it's somebody who just jumps out at you on the screen when you're watching a game, especially if. Um, you know, like I said, I kind of use that as a barometer for when a player is exciting, if somebody is watching who maybe doesn't really know what they should be looking for, but they're like, wow, look at that guy. Look look what he's doing. He's kind of that guy who's going to jump out at you in that that fashion.
2: We're talking with Sean White. Sean is a scout for the Green Bay Gamblers of the USHL. That's the same league as the Chicago Steel play-in. Uh, and, Sean, uh, who are some of the other guys um, with NHL futures in a tournament we should be keeping an eye on, especially Hawks fans? Are there any Hawks prospects left uh, in the Frozen Four?
1: Yeah, especially particularly with the Blackhawks, they do have a couple of defensemen left. Um, one of those D-men is uh, Blake Hillman. He's a defenseman with the uh, with Denver. Um, he's actually somebody I'm really familiar with when I was doing NHL draft stuff with HockeyProspect.com a couple of years ago. It's an independent scouting service, kind of like a, a baseball perspective kind of a thing, but for hockey. Um, he was playing for uh, the Dubuque Fighting Saints in the USHL. Um, so I know you'll notice if you watch the game, the USHL has a, a an enormous amount of um, alumni playing in these, these games. Still, it's it's a main feeder for a lot of the higher end programs, and there's just a ton of alumni. So that that's going to happen a lot. But um, he's a you know he's a really really nice player. Um, you know, I really thought he should have been drafted his first year. Um, his first year eligible, he got passed over a couple times, and then uh, finally. Uh, you know the Blackhawks took him last year. He's uh, a pretty decent size. He's got a, he's about six one, about 180, 185. He's filled out a little bit over the last couple of years and put on some strength. He's uh, really just a solid two way defenseman. Uh, plays good in all three zones. Uh, physical, chippy, kind of likes to play the body and you know plays with an edge a little bit. But he's got some some skill. Uh, really good skater. He's he's kind of a, a really good. Mold for what you know the Blackhawks try to do on defense. He's a slick skating kind of puck moving defenseman, but he he still has a little bit of size and strength so he can play that physical game a little bit. Um, his offensive numbers won't wow you. He only had about seven points this year, but he you know he just plays a really solid two way game. Um, he was actually a really really big part of their run last year. Um, they went on a a pretty big run the second half of the season to get into the tournament and get to the. The Final Four in the semifinal, and there uh, he was actually voted. Um, he was the MVP of the the, the regional uh, that his team was in last year. They them and a defensive partner whose name is escaping me right now, quite frankly. Um, their coach credited them with like being one of the main reasons they went on the run they did. They just kind of carried things on the back end and generated a lot of play and offense from the back end and and really were really the driving forces behind the run they went on last year. and He's built on his game a little bit this year. The offensive numbers don't show that, but his defense has gotten a lot tighter. plays really smart, and I think he's somebody who definitely, you don't hear a lot about him when it comes to Blackhawk prospects. He's not as heralded. He's a little lesser known. He's definitely somebody to keep an eye out for, probably, I'd say, a couple of years away. He's probably someone, especially a defenseman, and you don't see them come out early from college as often. They're, their games need to develop more, and... You know, jump into the NHL as a defenseman is a whole different ballgame than a a, a forward. So you might not hear him too much for a couple more years, but he's definitely somebody to watch this weekend or that weekend of the tournament. He's a really nice player. And also um, another defenseman is uh, Dennis Gilbert for uh, Notre Dame. Um, He's had a really nice year. He actually played for the Steel, Chicago Steel. He was a Steel defenseman um, within Notre Dame from there. Uh, He's put up 22 points this year. He's got no goals but 22 assists which is actually good for seventh on the team. And this is a team that is pretty offensive and, and puts up some points. So it's, it's no small feat to, to be at that spot, um, and scoring on this team. Um, he's more of a defensive defenseman. He was actually voted as the best defensive defenseman at hockey East by the coaches. Um, surprisingly, yes, that's actually an award, the best defensive defenseman, um, and it's voted on by the coaches and he won that. So it gives you a pretty good indication and, Hockey East is some big, heavy hitters. You got Boston College, Boston University, some of those bigger, perennial powerhouse schools, and he he got voted that over a lot of other players. So he's a big body. Uh, he's about six four, um, and two hundred something pounds. He likes to throw his weight around. Um, you know, he needs to round that out a little bit. He can kind of get caught trying to get out of position, trying to make a big hit occasionally. but That's something you'll see some of these younger guys do sometimes. Um, but he's really smart uh, really clears the front of the net really well. He's something that, you know, the Blackhawks could around the time he's going to be ready to be a pro. They're probably going to need something like that. You know, you have a guy like Brent Seabrook, who's probably on the downside of his career a little bit right now. Um, and they need somebody who can kind of take over a little bit of a physical presence and he could be the perfect guy to do that. in you know, three, two, three, four years. Um, so those are the couple of Blackhawk guys that are left. There aren't any others, but, um, those are two to definitely watch, and they'll, they'll stand out to you. They're really, really fun players, and they can move. Um, even Gilbert, as big as he is, he can move pretty well. Uh, he needs to increase his foot speed a little bit, but his overall speed, he moves around pretty pretty good for a big guy. So those will be a couple guys to watch out for if you're a Blackhawks fan and interested in guys who are up and coming and you might be hearing of in a couple of years.
2: Sean, with the emergence of uh, Blackhawks players like John Hayden, Tanner Caro, uh, Vincent Hendestroza who was recalled today, um and you just sort of look around the league it seems as if the college game is really becoming more of a feeder system to the nhl than it ever has before um why do you think that is what has changed over the last maybe decade 15 years that's made uh college hockey a uh, a better i guess minor league for lack of a better term for the nhl
1: you know it really has it's really taken a turn in the last like you said about 10 years um some of it just has to do with the a lot of the, uh, um, some of it just the, the increased membership of playing a lot of more. There's a lot more players. A lot more USA hockey numbers have gradually gone up over you know over time. More and more, um, the college game has done a really good job of kind of marketing itself and making it more attractive. Um, you know, you you, know, you typically you used to lose a lot of your top American players to the CHL, which is you know the OHL. Quebec major junior hockey league or the western hockey league and there's still a little bit of battle with that you're still sometimes going to lose some of your top players that want to go that route especially guys who think they're going to be pros really quick um but the college game they've just they've they've, some of the rules have have changed to make things better the teams have gotten better with uh making their facilities better um you know they've it's increased recruiting tools Um, it kind of coincides with the USHL really improving, you know, the USHL has always been a really good league, but it's really just blown up probably the past seven or eight years. Um, some of that, you know, a lot of this coincides with the U S national program too. Um, you know, that started back in the late nineties and over the course of time, it's kind of just been a built in feeder for the college game. You know, you'll lose the odd kid who leaves the program to go play in the Canadian hockey league somewhere but generally those kids go into that program. It's some of the best of the best in the nation. And they go there knowing they're going to go to college and they're going to play the college game. And um, with the USHL uh, improving as much as it has, that's a main feeder to division one hockey and um, more and more players who are better players have gone that way. And it's just kind of snowballed. More guys have seen other guys go that route and they want to do it too. And, um, some of the, you know, there's an increase in the number of programs. Some more guys feel they have an opportunity. Um, it's just gotten more popular. Um, you know, it's really hard to kind of put a finger on why that's happened. But it, it sort of coincides now with, with the NHL taking more of a notice. The kids also notice that and like, well, hey, I can still do this and still have a shot. Um, and I think part of it, too, is a lot of players need that extra development time. Um, you know, it's a big difference between being an 18-year-old and a 22-year-old or even 23-year-old in some cases if you... You play that extra year as junior before starting college. And um, guys see that as a, a good way to continue to de- develop. You know, it's uh, it's different than playing major, junior. You know, major, junior, you're going to play 70 games. You're going to play a ton of games. You know, the college game, you play about 40, but you have a lot more time dedicated to practice, a lot more time dedicated to the weight room. You know, the physical developments are really added edge that the college game has that the the junior game might not as much because you're playing so many games you're not really training a whole lot so it's really a whole different kind of developmental model and a lot of a lot of guys just find that a lot more attractive and they they want to go to school they want to play for a school and represent that and you know be a big guy on campus and all that fun stuff and and it's just really snowballed in the college game it really is it's better than it's ever been and I don't think that's going to end anytime soon it's just going to keep growing and you're going to see more and more schools get programs, you know, ASU, Arizona state went division one. And I think that's like the first domino to fall. You're going to see more teams out West do that. You've got a huge youth hockey contingency on the West, Western part of the United States, whether it be California or Arizona, Um, you really, those two states for the, are the big ones, even Texas, even though it's not really out West, but you kind of get, you know, you kind of, you kind of lump that all together when you're talking about youth hockey. And, you know, you got more and more of those Pac-10 or Pac-12, whatever the heck it's called now, conference teams. They're seeing what ASU is doing, and they want to be a part of that. So it's really just going to continue to grow, and it, the sky's the limit. Um, you know, there's more and more kids playing now, so the talent's going to keep, you know, the, the, not only the quality, but the quantity of the talent's going to expand, and there's going to need to be more schools to accommodate that. And uh, it's just going to keep growing, and, and you know, the not all NHL teams, but some of the, you know, teams like the Blackhawks were kind of early to come around to that and start really tapping into that market of players, you know, and, and it's a better developmental model for NHL teams. It's like you said, Jay, it's sort of almost like a minor league system, you know, unlike other sports where guys have to declare they're going pro, you know, in, in hockey it's not like that. You get drafted, you get to go to back to school and play, and you can develop two, three, four years. And, uh, you know, teams like to have that option so they don't feel obligated to sign a kid by the time they're 20 years old and risk losing them because they just aren't ready yet. You have to make that decision. So I think teams like having that extra time. Um, the only downside to that is, you know, you see like with Kevin Hayes or Jimmy VC last summer, you know, it gives the players a little bit more of an edge. You can stick around for that four years. You kind of control your own destiny if you don't want to sign with the team that drafted you so There's a lot of factors at stake there, but overall, you know, the college game is better than ever, and it's really exciting. It's good for players to have that choice, whether they want to go to major, junior, or college. They're both attractive, and they both have proven to be, you know, the college game has proven to be just as effective at producing high-end NHL talent, and there's just no debating that anymore.
0: Sean, I've got a couple more questions before you take off, but first I'm going to make a statement, which is that with the Big Ten Hockey Conference now, I really want either Northwestern or Illinois, especially Illinois, I would love to see them jump to Division One and give us a program in this state that we can root for. So that'd be really great. And I think it would go along with what you're saying with just how youth hockey is exploding and NCAA teams should really be able to take advantage of it. And then My second one, my question to you is simply this. You're scouting with Green Bay. You guys are playing really good hockey right now, getting toward the end of the USHL season. You're right there in the thick of the playoff race. You guys going to make it? You going to get into the playoffs, man? Come on, I need to know.
1: (laughs) Well, just the first statement, I wholeheartedly agree. With as much talent that is developed in this state, largely in the Chicago area, there's no reason... To not have a Division One program here at this point, um, really the biggest thing keeping that from happening is money. You know, it takes a ton of money to upstart a Division One varsity program, especially when you consider Title Nine. Um, you know, you have to start another women's sport in addition to that. You're just talking about all kinds of dollars. You know, the reason ASU's been able to do it is because they had a huge donor that, that forked over a lot of money (pun intended) um, to. <laughs> front that program and that's what you need and you know at some point someone's going to do it i mean illinois is already U of I downstate's already got a really really popular successful division one club program um so the, the fan base is built in um you're you know they, they could they definitely have the, the the templates in place i mean it's all there they might need a new arena at some point but um it would definitely work down there and really a lot of people don't consider northwestern but i think it would be a gold mine if you actually got a donor who could you know you build a you don't have to make a crazy arena just something you know two three four thousand people whatever the case may be somewhere on the lakefront there at campus and then you can recruit there's so much talent here to recruit from and and you've got a a great university i mean a lot of a lot of guys go to You know, athletes, they they go to a school to play hockey, but they want to get an education, too. You know, not everybody's going to be an NHLer after a year or two or go pro at all. So you really have a a really attractive education option there, and there's just – it would be great. I think it would draw really well. You know, people like college. People love hockey here. I think um, you get a lot of younger families and younger kids who would want to go out and watch that. Um, They'll see a different thing that's not pro or not junior. Um, I think it would do really well. Uh, it's just a matter of the dollars. You need somebody that could come in and, you know, some rich alum, which there's plenty of those that come out of Northwestern. Eventually, you just got to get one that wants to fork over $15, $20 million to get it off the ground. It's not an easy task, but um, I think we'll see that someday. It might be, might take a while, but it absolutely would be phenomenal for college hockey, and it'd be great for the area. I think it'd be a niche that You know, you got the Blackhawks and the Wolves and the Steel, and, you know, it it seems like it'd be a saturated market, but I think they'd find a good niche and draw really well, and, you know, especially if you planted an arena right on campus there, you get a huge student body turnout, and you could get youth teams coming out there for packages and bringing the whole team out to a game and all that kind of stuff, or they could be a total goldmine, but, you know, just got to have somebody fork over the cash. So whenever that happens, it'll happen, but we might be waiting a while. Uh, As for us, man, we got to do it at this point. (laughs) we did what we had to do going on this five six game run we got our our stud prospect back and Casey Middlestack coming back from high school hockey in Minnesota and the team's rolling and we got a favorable matchup this weekend against Madison who you know anybody can win any given day but you know you'd much rather be playing them than you know one of the better teams like Chicago in our league so we've got a favorable schedule and you know, we got a home game, our last home game Sunday, so I'm I'm hoping we could pull this out, and hopefully Youngstown can lose a couple, and we could sneak in. And once you get in, anything can happen. It's a short playoff with only four teams in each conference getting in. So we got a uh, got really good goaltending. We got a team that's kind of clicking all at the right time, and and uh, you know, let's let's hope with fingers crossed. But uh, aside from that, you know, we'll be watching some of our alums. We've got uh, four guys playing for. All of our alums that are playing in the final four pros and four are actually Notre Dame guys, so we'll be watching and rooting for them a little bit as well. So hopefully everybody can find some success.
2: All right. Our guest has been Sean White, scout for the Green Bay Gamblers. Sean, thank you so much for your time. This is really outstanding and informative stuff. We appreciate it, man. Uh, Anytime, guys. Happy to do it. Thanks for having me. This special edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast has been brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. The Black Oak and Oak Lawn, the South Suburbs' finest casual upscale dining, and Mariska Cousin Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. For my partner, James Neveau, I'm Jay Zawoski. Thank you for listening.
3: Go to hellobonafide.com and use code RADIO39 to save 20%. That's hellobonafide.com and code RADIO39.
0: These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Offer valid on subscription only. What's it doing? Designing my new 2021 Nissan Kicks Online in the Kicks Color Studio. I give each a special name. This one's electric blue, orange,
1: red, white. I call it the gumball machine.
3: You think it's me? I feel like you're more of a red velvet guy. Limitless possibilities, with over 100 million available color combinations and Bose Personal Plus System, in the boldly new 2021 Nissan Kicks. Bose is the registered trademark of the Bose Corporation. Color combinations include interior and exterior colors. Customization is an available feature subject to availability at participating Nissan dealers. See dealer for details.